everybody. Welcome to episode 412 of Good Luck High Five. That's right. You're listening to a podcast that's for you if you play Magic the Gathering, however you may be playing it this holiday season. I'm one of your hosts with very small hands. My name is Maria. Uh, I'm one of your hosts with totally normal-sized hands. My name is Megan. If you're watching the video version of this, you can obviously see my very small hands. <laughs> they're real creepy. That are caressing I, my microphone. I think the creepiest part about them is that they're growing out of your index fingers. <laughs> you know what? Which is where a hand shouldn't be. That is a great point. I, I was sold these. Um, um, this is one of my quarantine purchases. Um, <laughs> and I think probably my best one. How were you marketed these? You know, I think, I guess Facebook just knows me. <laughs> wow. Wow. Because I was like, yes, of course I need to buy these very small, tiny hands. Uh, hello. How do I not already own them? <laughs> that was the real shock. Yeah. Yep. It... <laughs> it's just some disturbing imagery over here yeah. if you're watching the video. Absolutely. And you know what? This is all included uh, with your, with your listening to this episode, disturbingness and this episode all in one. What more do you want, people? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Speaking what more do you want? Of what more you want, we're going to tell you what we're going to hear on the episode this week. Uh, we're going to talk yes. about the Arena Open, which we both played in this past weekend. Historic format on Arena. What happened? What decks did we play against? What decks did we play? Our whole emotional journey through the thing. Uh, plus, also, Cube is now up on Arena, which is really exciting and uh, super fun to play. So if you're new to Cube, we're going to talk to you about some of the cool uh different draft archetypes you can play around with and which cards are super good and cool um and tinkerers cube will come up after that later this month so that'll be really fun too just really exciting stuff to talk about on arena this week yeah just some really good times happening speaking of really good times do you know what's a really good time what? is becoming a patron wow. of the show over on patreon.com slash glhf magic shout out to jj who became a patron since our last episode all right jj what's up i'm um, raising the roof with my tiny hand <laughs> If you become a patron uh, for $5 a month or more, again, as little as $5 a month gets you into our Discord, which is a great place to hang out. Uh, you can look at pictures of people's pets. You can share pictures of your own pets. I guess you can also talk about magic. But sure. look, mostly I'm talking about pet photos. You also get cool discounts on uh, Good Luck High Five merch. We've got a discount up now for patrons for our new Kitty Speaker merch that we have over on Teespring. Yes which is just such a really rad design. You can get it in any kind of clothing. We've got fanny packs. We've got stickers. We've got face masks. It's all over there. And if you're a patron, you get 10% off until the end of the month. So consider it. That's right. Thank you as well to our sponsor, Card Kingdom, cardkingdom.com slash GLHF, a wonderful place to go for all of your holiday shopping. Okay, not grocery shopping, but other kinds of holiday shopping. Unless you eat deck boxes, you know. Yeah. If that's which your choice of hors d'oeuvre they've got it yeah like that man who ate a plane <laughs> wait what <laughs> that's a real thing there's a man who ate a whole plane for right? real yes uh i knew i knew about somebody who ate a shopping cart oh 
keep talking about Card Kingdom and I'll look up the name of the man who made a plane. Hey, no problem. If you're wondering, uh, if you're stuck on like a gift to buy for somebody, Card Kingdom's got a holiday gift guide for you as well that can just take the guesswork out of what you're supposed to get for somebody. And if you're like, hey, I want some magic stuff um, for the holidays, you can just send this gift guide to whoever's buying, including Santa. Santa reads Card Kingdom's gift guide every year. So uh, just think about that. Um, They've got a super fast shipping. They've got great customer service and excellent selection of stuff we talked about their battle decks last week which are a super good gift idea um and just a whole bunch of awesome stuff including cool stuff from our other sponsor um ultra pro in their gift shop and you can also say good luck high five in your order they give you a free sticker or tokens hello what more do you want anyways the name of the man uh, yes they're great the name of the man who <laughs> ate a plane <laughs> uh-huh go was, on was Michael Lotito or Michel Lotito. He was a French entertainer wow. uh, and he became known as Monsieur, Man- Monsieur Mangetote, which I think probably means Mr. Eat Everything. Yes, it does. <laughs> wow. he, he was able to consume an aircraft over a period of two years between 1978 and 1980. What? Um, yes. Other things he ate include bicycles, shopping carts, beds, chandeliers, television sets a small section of the eiffel tower and a coffin <laughs> well he's got to eat the coffin because he's obviously gonna end up dead after eating an airplane and he needs somewhere he to did, sleep he died at 57 uh well, which yeah my god can you imagine his poops no <laughs> <laughs> the person in the apartment below him just hears clang 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 through the pipes and like oh monsieur mange to ate, ate a shopping cart again i guess for it's tuesday <laughs> yeah it doesn't wow. say what he it doesn't say what he um what he died of it does it does say that he, he died ate, of eating a shopping cart he he ate skis parentheses pear <laughs> full pear <laughs> A computer. Um, the plane that he ate was a Cessna. Uh, okay. A waterbed. Okay. Um, and a coffin. Parentheses with handles. <laughs> and he what? had the record for the strangest diet in the Guinness Book of World Records. He got a brass plaque by from the publishers, and he ate that also. <laughs> happened yeah the arena opened happened this past weekend uh megan and i both played in it we were both super stoked to play in it too because the the idea of having a competitive event to play on arena is just so so super fun um with us living in this pandemic life right now like giving us a chance for some competitive magic is really awesome and on the Mm -hmm. arena client which is super fun to play and it's historic which has been a really fun format to splash around in the waters of as of late so adding a great format with the prize of $2,000 on day two, you've got a recipe for success in my book. And also, just saying this quickly off top, I think that these arena opens should happen way more often. Yes. I would prefer, like, I don't know. Maybe I would I would love consistently one a month. Yeah. Let's start there. Yeah, let's start with that. I would. I think that would be great. Um, obviously, Absolutely. we want limited ones, but you already know that, dear listener. Yes. So we're just saying up this frequency the, the, they've got to be a good money maker for wizards i would imagine they've got to be i have never spent four thousand gems on anything yeah. <laughs> so quickly boom just submit. all at once yeah exactly all at once 
Um, to be fair, I, as I told several people in a sick brag, I just had those gems laying around because I've been killing it at draft lately. Yes. <laughs> but still, like, if I didn't have them, I would have. I would have paid once. Yeah, absolutely. Like I would have paid twenty, but like a twenty dollar entry fee for a tournament that you're going to play seven rounds of makes total yeah. sense. Makes to- it, I, I envision it like a grand prix. How much money do I spend on a grand prix? Way, Way more. more than that. So yeah, I think these arena opens have got to be great for them. And so I'm just like, hey, give us more. It was super fun experience. Yes. Despite what happened, which you know that's a little bit of a teaser for you. <laughs> and I felt like. I play a ton of arena and it's mostly low key. I usually do it like first thing in the morning. I'm like drinking my coffee. I'm sitting in front of my sun, my sun lamp yep. um, for a little light therapy. And I like play some arena for a little bit before I start my day. And it is great. 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 And it's like, but it's so low key. And this is like the first thing that I've played in so long where I felt like nervous. Yeah. But in like a great way. It was so fun to be like, oh, I'm so nervous about this. Like, oh, this round has like this round has stakes. Like each round that you play has stakes. Ooh, and I it's wish not each just round being had like, stakes. <laughs> <laughs> Medium well, please. Don't judge me. Oh, you monster. <laughs> Yeah, no, totally. That you definitely get the feeling of competition playing in these mm-hmm. again. Which, if no, if you haven't tried out a competitive event yet in Magic, like the rush is unreal. It's so cool. Exactly, it's so much fun. And like, that's not just like you know, I I like ranking up on the ladder. I obviously love hopping into draft queues, but there's nothing quite like that feeling. Absolutely, um, and. Like you said, the stakes, like you've got to pick the right deck. You've got to have practiced Mm -hmm. with it. Same as going to a Grand Prix or same as maybe going to your Friday Night Magic or whatever. A PPTQ from back in the day, like you have to put in the work. You have to know what you're playing against, which is just adding up to a really cool reward if you've done all of your homework correctly, which I think is also super cool. Yeah, Uh, it was. Yeah, it was so much fun. Maria. Yes. Tell us what happened for you. All right, let's get down to brass tech, shall we? I played Boggles, of course. I played yeah. uh, SRAM Auras, Azorius Auras, as we call it officially. Um, and it's Azor- a, Azorias. Azorias uh, is the colloquial, 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 colloquial. There it is, colloquial term for the deck. <laughs> As of this moment in time. And uh, yeah, I love this deck. It's super fun. Drawing cards, attacking. You know the drill. Um, So here's the deal. So this deck, I think, was in a much better place than it had been in the previous Historic Open, which I did make day two on, which was how many months ago now was that? Jeez. Ten years. Time is not real. So who knows? But I I I played it before um, and it was a worse version because it didn't have SRAM in it back then. Right. Yeah. So now we've got SRAM. So the deck is infinitely better than it was before. And I'm like, all right, let's go back. We're going to we're going to run the tables again here. Um, Yeah. So I I tried the historic open. We're going to get to the cut to the chase three times. (laughs) Whoa. I entered three times. Luckily, I also had uh, plenty of gems and gold saved up for this. Um, But I did pay more I, last time I, I ended up even this time no not yeah. that was not the case I'm down but um I still had a good time playing it however I just found myself like I played the best of one queue I should uh, specify I think it's much better you'll get a much better chance of making day two that's actually been scientifically proven um if you play in the best of one queue versus the best of three so I tried that out um 
I even made a little list. I kept a handy little list of the decks that I played against and who I beat and who I fell to and in mm-hmm. my various runs. Um, so I b- did very well against decks like Gruel Aggro, Mono yeah. Red. I beat a couple of times, which makes total sense. I beat Azorius Control. I beat a White Black Control. I managed to beat Colorless, which I was feeling pretty chuffed about. Another Gruel. I beat a cool Rakdos Judith list, which I wasn't expecting to, but I thought it was a neat deck. So those decks, I think... Um, makes sense that i beat they're creature based they're they're aggressive decks which my deck has access to lifelink so that can pull it out of the top sometimes um and a couple of an azorius control matchup which i have good cards in my sideboard for i was expecting to see more of that because it did just recently win a big event but um not not so i didn't run into it too many times and the losses were decks that you would also expect rakdos sacrifice jun sacrifice terrible matchup for this deck um and then some strange things started to happen to me i started Mm -hmm. to run into paradox engine decks and we're gonna get to this uh, more deeply in a second but i it was like i hit a wall i started to hit a wall of paradox engines i played against mono blue paradox engine i played against blue green paradox engine i played against teamer paradox engine i played against colorless paradox engine all various versions of a deck that is able to go infinite uh as soon as i i'm turn three so um very very bad the boggles deck notably bad against combo decks in in its lifespan we know this from modern and it turns out in historic also very bad (laughs) um so yeah, I just hit I hit a wall of paradox and I could not escape it. I tried I tried three times, like I said. I got to six wins once and then I lost, and that was that was that. It was a real heartbreaker. But that despite all that, I had a great time. I was a little bit sad. A deck like mine, with as much practice I, as I had put into it and all that, couldn't make it across the finish line, which was a little sad. F- for me but other than that i thought the tournament was fantastic i think these paradox engines are a scourge on the universe and deserve to be <laughs> yeeted into the sun but i understand a lot of people have fun playing them they, they seem pretty complicated i tweeted out what beats paradox engine and a lot of people thought i was talking about commander <laughs> yes yeah i did notice that <laughs> and people and, were just like your play group needs to agree not to play it <laughs> yeah, they, apparently there's hate for this card in commander so yeah big uh, time <laughs> Big time hating commander, and it turns out from me in historic. Uh, so there you go. That's my little tournament report. Playing bogs in a field of paradox engine is not and for the weak of heart. Shout out to Yol Larson and Kai Buda, who were the two players who were on this list on yes. Sulfi Paradox Engine at the Zendikar Rising Championship just last weekend. Absolutely. And it kind of came out of nowhere, and everyone was kind of like, "What? What is this? Yep. Why is? Why are these two notably good players?" <laughs> Playing um, this janky playing, nonsense. Playing this nonsense. But sure enough, here we are one week later and everyone's like, this is the real deal. Yes, this deck turns out to be true. Like everyone thought it was garbage. This deck is the truth. And it has uh, a million different ways to dominate and win the game. Um you're playing Paradox Engine, you're playing Karn to get whatever you want out of the sideboard. You can make infinite mana, looping your Mox Amber with your Emery Lurker of the Lock. You've got Uro, which is just busted, of course. And in the Teamer version, you're playing Escape to the Wilds, which is banned and standard. So put it in your deck. <laughs> I mean, like, this deck yeah. just ha- just has it all, frankly. It seems it seems pretty good. Yeah. I so, do wonder if, you know, people have been talking for a 
quite a while now and even before this deck came around about um how how long uro shall last in yes. historic and yes. i i wonder um if this deck one will contribute to uh perhaps us saying goodbye Bye-bye. Uh, to that particular non-gentle giant yeah uh, or you know or like if if this deck will be good if we do say goodbye to uro yeah, I have a few. I have a sneaky suspicion that Uro. I said sneaky suspicion instead of sneaking, but I kind of like that I said sneaky. I have a sneaky suspicion. It's very sneaking it's around a the corner. Sneaky suspicion that Uro won't be around much longer. But I feel like this deck will still um, exist regardless of that. Yeah. Um, do you want to see my perfect cat sitting in her chair? Yes, we definitely all do. Oh, oh, she's so good. Isn't she so cute? What a cute kitty. Oh, my God. You Anyways. all have to see the video of this. It's so cute. It's so cute. Megan, but, yeah. what happened to you? Give us your story. Okay, so I played Neostorm um, because the week before, I was like, I'm not really feeling anything in Historic. All the stuff that's, like, notably good. Like, I've kind of... I'm not as big a fan of Boggles as you are, and so... Like, even though I had enjoyed playing that deck, I was kind of like, eh, I'm over it. Like, I've had my time. <laughs> I've I've had my good time playing You've this. Done your and time. Now, <laughs> now I'm past it. Exactly. And like, you know, I don't want to pl- like, I don't just want to like grind some mid range. Um, I just so I was kind of in this place and I was like, do you know what? I love playing Neo Storm, even if it's not good. Um, I enjoy it. Yeah. It's a good time. It's a silly deck. Um, you get to just combo off. And I did like, I was doing fine with it on the ladder. Like I would regularly get, you know, three or four wins in a row um, in the best of one ladder. And I was like, do you know what? It's totally fine. Like let's, let's throw it at, like, let's just see what happens. Sure. Um, and it like, I went five, three, um, and you know, it was a, it was a really good time. Like there was one match, there was like one match that I definitely feel like I misplayed and it was against Sandy Dog MTG. Wow. Notorious. Notorious grinder, Sandy Dog. Um, on obviously goblins. Um and it was like like he didn't combo very fast with sure. Muxus. And so I had like at the end of it, I had like seven lands in play, which is just an obscene number for this deck, right? Like usually at that at that point, either I should have won or Goblin <laughs> should have won. Somebody should have won before my deck has seven lands in play. Like that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> um and so that one I feel like if I had like maybe somehow like sequenced stuff differently um or tried a little harder to get to my combo, I maybe I would have gotten there. I don't know. So I lost to goblins twice. Mm. Um one time it was just like, right, you basically have to combo on like turn four against goblins, yeah. which you can do pretty reliably, but sometimes it doesn't happen. And that's how the combo deck rolls. That's the combo life right there for you. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then I think the last one that I lost to was like a weird, like it wasn't quite Esper Doom foretold, but it was like this, this like Esper dance of the manse thing. Cool. Yeah, it was just like a wild, weird control deck that was nuts. Um, I liked seeing, I liked coming across like weird decks people were playing for sure. Yeah, exactly. But if you are looking to beat like any deck that has green in it, it's just like your dream matchup with Neostorm because they are typically decks that aren't running a lot of instant speed interaction. And that's what you need. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to to interact with the combo if you don't have inter like instant speed interaction i'm just going to 
I'm just going to combo on my turn. It doesn't matter <laughs> if you thought sees because right, like that's I love like I love the deck. It is it's not like thought sees proof, but it's like pretty like you have enough redundant pieces and you have enough ways to dig, right? You're playing a bunch of ops and deliberate and Valakut Awakening. You can draw six cards at a time with Valakut Awakening Sick. because you just discard five and then you draw uh, like all, all one more. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's a really good time. I love it. Um, I got, I got the classic against Paradox Engine. I got the classic. I mulligan to five. They kept their starting seven, and then I comboed on turn four. Yes. Yes. It was just like, oh, that, like, I'm sorry, it sucks for you. Like, this shouldn't have happened, but here we are. <laughs> here for it. Yeah. I've got um, to tell us. So this was a really good time. I had, a, I, had, I had a blast playing. Like I mentioned before, like, I loved the the tenseness of it. Like I loved playing for higher stakes. I think mm -hmm. it definitely made me play and like activate different parts of my brain that I hadn't been using in playing magic for a while, just because I was used to playing stuff that I was okay winning or losing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was great. I have a secret though, that I have to tell everybody, um, Ooh. that I didn't mention in my tournament report, which is <gasps> the fact that I very nearly almost cheated on boggles and played a different deck. <gasps> Maria. I know. No. Okay. So I knew that maybe Boggles wouldn't be the greatest choice for the tournament because of the fact that so many people were likely going to bring sacrifice decks. Mm -hmm. um, and I and I think a few did. I didn't run into it as much as I expected. So I was like, well, I better do my due diligence and try out some other decks. And I just want to tell you all about these two that I played, which are really, really fun and I think really could be a good time in Arena. I don't know how they fare against Paradox Engine or whatever. Probably bad, <laughs> but... I'm going to tell you about them just because I think they're cool. And I'm sure you've heard about Rakdos Arcanist being played in Historic because it's been around for a while. But there is kind of a new twist on this deck that's out uh, recently, um, which makes it even more fun. Um, basically, this card is this deck is built around the card Dreadhorde Arcanist, which when you attack with this little 1-3 for one in a red, uh, you get to cast an instant or sorcery spell with CMC less than... Uh, that's less than or equal to Dreadhorde Arcanist's power from your graveyard without paying its mana cost. So you can basically kind of like flashback stuff for free with Dreadhorde, Dreadhorde Arcanist. And you've got a bunch of really cool spells that you definitely want to do that with. You've got Blood <laughs> Chief's Thirst to kill stuff. You've got Claim the Firstborn to steal stuff and then kill it on your turn by casting Village Rites where you sacrifice it and draw two cards, which is the ultimate value play. I don't, it just, you've got Thoughtseize to rip stuff out of your, out of their hand. It's just really, really fun. And you can make your, um, Dreadhorde Arcanist even bigger using the card Claim to Fame with the Fame mm -hmm. half, which gives it plus two plus zero. Oh, so then you can cast anything with three CMC, which includes Bedevil, <laughs> which just kills anything. It's a yeah. super fun deck with lots of really complicated lines. And I just had a fantastic time testing with it, but I didn't actually play it because I didn't feel like I had tested enough with it and I wasn't really up to the challenge. Yeah, it's a complicated, it's a complicated deck to play. Like you said, there's just, yes. there's like a lot of, there's so many choices every turn. <laughs> Absolutely. And if you're like, that's my jam, 
I suggest you try it out because I loved it and I think you will too. Another one that I played, which was a Saffron Olive MTG Goldfish Brew, was so cool. I loved this deck and I hope that it can get um, actually playable in the future, um, which was Curious Rogues. So this is Ooh. a play on the Rogues deck, which you might know from Standard, uh, but we're playing even more cheap little flying creatures like Fairy Miscreant. Which <laughs> oh yep, you're, you yep. heard me right. Okay. You're playing Fairy Miscreant. Which I'm when sorry, it, what? <laughs> when it enters the battlefield, if you've got another one, you draw a card. Uh, you're playing Curious Obsession. You're putting it on these Fairy Miscreants, on these Merfolk Wind Robbers, and you're attacking, you're drawing cards, you're backing it up with uh, counter spells like Lofty Denial, Drown in the Lock, and you're playing four copies of Thoughtseize. But the coolest part about this deck, and p possibly the meanest, is the fact that you're playing four copies of Una's Blackguard, which is two mana for a 1-1 one, one fairy. Every, anytime you play another... Uh Anytime another rogue enters the battlefield on your control, you put a plus one, plus one counter on it. And whenever a rogue deals combat damage to a player that has a plus one, plus one counter on it, your opponent has to discard. Nice. So that's very fun. I think he developed it kind of wanting to emulate the uh, fairies deck from modern of old. Mm -hmm. um, and it definitely had a cool tempo-y feel to it. Uh, I, I decided to play it after somebody played it against me. And I was like, wait. What is this deck you're playing here? Yeah, Very I remember someone playing Una's Blackguard against me. In, yeah. Uh, yeah, in, yeah. In an event. And I was like, what? <laughs> what is this happening? Oh, I'm, I can't be mad that you are beating me because this deck is sweet. And I think this deck is super duper tempo, yeah. fun sweetness. So hopefully it gets a little bit more competitive in the future. But I wanted to put it all on your radars because it was a great time. A great yeah. time. Very cool. So there you have it. That's our look at the Arena Open. Uh, if you played, let us know what happened to you. Did you win the 2K? Did you have a good time? You can tweet at us at GLHF Magic. I would love to know. Hey, everybody. We're going to talk about Arena Cube. Cube draft. Maria, have you drafted this cube? I have drafted this cube. It's so fun. Tell me about your cube deck. Hey, my last cube deck that I made uh, tried best of three, um, which I think it is a little bit more fun for me in um, cube because you're doing so many strange and busted mm -hmm. things that when you don't get a chance to invest in one, it kind of feels a little disappointing, right? Yeah. This way you get more chances to assemble whatever your busted stuff is. Yes. And in this case, Megan, you're going to be so proud of me because I assembled an Esper control deck <gasps> of old. Wow, Maria, tell me all about yes. it. Yes, I was like, should I really be drafting this? Who am I? But then I was like, whatever, these are the cards that are being passed to me. I'm going to do it and I don't even care. And I have, I had basically everything you could ever humanly want in an Esper <laughs> control deck was in this deck, including Eugene the Spirit Dragon. Who oh, Eugene! Saved my bottom more times than I'd like to admit. Mm -hmm. um, what a great card. Um, so yeah, just everything, all the control cards, you could ever want all the huge big bombs at the top end i had a game last night i didn't go to bed until like 1 a.m because i was having this match that was the most epic insane match of magic that i've i think probably ever played and it was like they're gonna win because they're playing blue white control they've got everything they need turns back to me no just kidding no i'm gonna win because i have played this one card <laughs> no they're going to win and then i'm like ah midnight clock oh boom i can activate it shuffle everything in you're not gonna deck me you thought you were gonna deck me and then there's here comes eugene and here comes a sweeper it was it was truly epic Wow, that sounds pretty sick, not going to lie. It was and really sick. 
classic cube like in this cube i feel like especially you just need to be doing the most busted thing you can yes take this cube is all about power don't look at the don't look at the cards don't look at the pack and be like what's in my colors or like what card is good look at the pack and be like what is the most busted card (laughs) in this pack right now yes absolutely and take that is a high octane power cube you want the most powerful cards you can stretch your mana there are you have the ability to play more colors pretty easily the only way you're gonna get punished for it is some people are gonna play mono red yeah exactly but like do you know what okay you'll face the mono red person and you'll lose that match okay yeah yeah it's true anybody else you're gonna beat that's it (laughs) i think Uh, i've seen a lot of people tweeting out really cool cube decks um the past couple of days which has been fun to see i saw somebody um testament to red green playing a cool red green uh deck that they managed to uh, get seven wins with which is pretty neat um, yeah. But I have heard of somebody drafting mono red back to back to back to back and winning. So like that is definitely a strategy Absolutely. if you want to do that. Um, Megan, what did you draft? I also drafted Esper Control. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but so here was my mistake is I just drafted too much removal and not enough busted stuff to close it out quick. Oh, you didn't have enough win conditions. Yes, exactly. Oh. Which you just need to have. Make sure you've got it. You had Eugene. Um, I had like Scarab God, but it was it just wasn't enough. Oh, oh dang it. I know. Dang. And I, you know, obviously I still had a very good time. Oh, also, yeah. I didn't have enough card draw. Sure, sure. You know, I mean. Uh, the person I I neglected to say who that I said I was playing against blue white, but they were playing Yorion. Yes, oh, they're playing I love Yorin. It. Yes, and they, every they did they weren't. I was like, ooh, what nonsense have they filled their deck with since they're playing Yorion? None. The answer was no nonsense, all None. business. <laughs> it was all business. I was like, holy cow, you must have this seat must have been wide open. The prairie was. <laughs> <laughs> The prairie was wide open. The prairie was wide open for you. You did a Yorian deck. You didn't even have to put any chaff in there. Well done. Well done to you. Uh, Absolutely. I I just had a great time. I can't can't even like... uh, One of my cube drafts I tried to do, but I failed, was Red Black Sacrifice, which I think um, could be a really fun deck to play too. But I didn't identify that that was the deck I should have been been in until too late in the draft, so it didn't come together. But it is a cool archetype in this cube. Um, Weaponize the Monsters is the card that you will need to make this deck really shine, which lets you sacrifice your dudes to do two to whatever. Yes. Ooh, I'm into it. If you want to draft that deck, that is possible in this cube uh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, I've drafted Eugene every time I've seen Eugene, so. As you should. As you should in As this cube. As you should. Like, if you're, what are you doing if you're not drafting Eugene? <laughs> I dra- I had Teferi, Master of Time as well, um, which... Yes, I played with the Teferi, you know. I don't know who wow. I was in that moment. I had an out-of-body experience and drafted the Teferi, you know. Maria, who yeah. are you? I I don't know. I was somebody new and different who passed on their turn and did an attack and oh, countered my opponent's spells. Oh, my goodness. It it's so like glorious. you. the holidays happened and and it's here, you know, and the cube draft is here and you became someone else. I became someone else in the cube entirely. 
like like the movie The Santa Claus. <laughs> where Tim Starring Allen becomes Tim Santa Allen. Claus. Yes. <laughs> a great Christmas film. Oh, Truly yes. a great one. Along, uh, right up there with Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, of, wow, you know, Maria, that is really high praise from you. It is indeed because Muppet Carol, like hardly anything can touch Muppet Christmas Carol. It's just like yeah, perfection. It's it just is like absolute perfection. Yep. It, it is your caliber for what excellence in filmmaking is. <laughs> Some people will think you're being facetious, but indeed she is not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it is one of the greatest films ever made, and I'm not even kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it truly, truly is. It is easily the best Christmas Carol adaptation. That's not even close. So I'm just talking flat out movie here. This is film level. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was reminded recently of the existence of A Christmas Carol starring Jim Carrey as Scrooge in a weird CGI creation. Wow. What? Yep. Did you remember this film existed? No, I don't think I've ever seen this. I mean, like, good, because it was highly disturbing and very, very boring. Um, My perfect combination of qualities in a movie. (laughs) Hey, we promised you disturbing on this podcast, and you're going to get it. And that's the movie, The Christmas Carol, starring Jim Carrey as Scrooge, which is like, first of all, just hideous casting. Like, that should never have happened. No, I agree. Like, who looked at Jim Carrey and was like, I guess I know who you should play. The hilarious character of Ebenezer Scrooge. Classic comedy character. (laughs) Where you contrast that with Muppet Christmas Carol, where you get um, uh, Michael Kine playing Scrooge, which is <laughs> what just did like you just call him Michael Kine <laughs> playing Scrooge, Great. playing it completely and utterly straight. Never of course, ever playing. What it for else comedy. does he do? And you're like one of the greatest actors of our time as Scrooge. Or what if, hear me out, we play we put Jim Carrey in there, completely CGI'd out of his brains, and he also plays all the ghosts, and and we add in scenes that don't need to be there, and it's just really boring. He also plays the ghosts? Yeah. Wow. Hold on, I have to take a photo of my cat because she's being cute. <laughs> That's fine. You know what? Don't worry about derailing our derailed Anyways. conversation of the holiday cube. <laughs> It's oh, fine. Man. Yeah, but <laughs> I put on the. I can't believe again. that. That's so weird. Yeah. Um, speaking I of didn't... holiday things, I just want to remind our listeners that the Crimbies are coming up. That's right. So submit your categories or your nominees for classic categories. Yeah, I'll put out a tweet about this because we got some great categories last year that we added mm-hmm. into our rotation for the Crimbies. Um, they're going to be coming. Our Crimbies episode will be out on the 29th of December, which is our big year end where we give awards to everything in magic. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year I was thinking of a new category, which was best drama of the year. <laughs> Yes, we need it at this point. I feel like magic is just like, hey, let's let's create drama. And we need to acknowledge that, you know, magic, Twitter drama. There's nothing like it. And this year it was just chock full of of, you know, we have so many choices. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like in the past, have we given the nonstop bangers award? (laughs) Other like a.k.a. the Seb McKinnon award? I don't know if we have. Let me look. I don't think we have. But obviously the first one would go to Seb McKinnon. I and then after take- that, we can rename it the Seb McKinnon Award and give it t- to other people. <laughs> okay. So what does this encompass? Is this like people who have done more than one piece of art for a year? I feel like just anything, 
like it doesn't even have to be art. Just anything that you would qualify as a nonstop banger. <laughs> okay, sure. I'll, I'm here for that award. Anything that's been consistently great. Oh no. Okay, so drama. So you could you could be like right awarded. like. Um, like Gabe Nassif has, has gotten like in the top eight of like the last five events that he's played. That's a nonstop banger. He would, he would be a nominee for the nonstop banger award. Okay. Okay. I'm putting it in. I'm putting it in right now. Uh, this is great. I'm so excited for the crewbies coming up on the 29th, everybody. So if you're, you know, driving around the block from having Christmas inside your own house, but you felt like you wanted to pretend like you're driving to grandma's house, you can listen to this episode as you go around the block. Oh man. I, I wonder, I definitely know some people who have during the pandemic and especially during any version of lockdown have taken to, they'll just kind of drive yeah, for a while. Absolutely. And not I mean, go anywhere and then come back. You've just got to feel like the feeling of leaving your house, you know, mm-hmm. at least, even if you're tricking yourself while you do it. Exactly. Even <laughs> if what you're doing is long-term lying for a short-term gain. <laughs> You know, we've deviated so much from our cube topic. I, maybe it's time for a pandemic update. Oh, yeah. Maria, what's your pandemic update? Okay. How's it going? I just I, th- I was going to share the story when I learned about it um, a couple of weeks ago, but I thought this is now the perfect moment. Um, so you, as I said, during pandemic, I've been doing a lot of painting in my house mm. and like adding things. I'm trying to make it, you know, do be a good steward of this really cool this really cool 1921 home. And, mm-hmm. um, I've, <laughs> I got a message from one of the previous owners, uh, because we'd been corresponding about mail and that kind of stuff. And she told me, she was like, Oh, by the way, did I ever tell you this? T- take a look at these photos from when we redid the downstairs bathroom. You can see on the wall in paint behind the cabinet, the mirror bathroom, mirror cabinet, there is an inscription in paint. It says, Emma loves Jan. And, um, a picture of when the b- bathroom was kind of like old lady decorated, like old ladies, like pink tub and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and she was like, we found this hidden behind the wall when we were remodeling. And it turns out that a couple of owners ago, this house had belonged to two nuns who had run away from the nunnery to be together. And they bought this house and lived in it for 25 years. Oh, my God. That's like a storybook. That? That's a storybook story of like. I didn't I think know. that nuns ran away in real life. I know, right? I was like, this needs to be a movie. Like, this is Ugh. so cool. So I was so excited to learn that through uh, doing some work on the house. Um, <laughs> that is so cute. What just the cutest story of all time. It's like I felt like this house had definitely been owned by some cute ex-nuns. I just had that feeling <laughs> when I started working on it. Yeah, Turns yeah, yeah. Out. You got that vibe when you stepped yeah, inside. I got the vibe. I definitely yeah. got the Axon vibe. Uh, <laughs> Megan, what have you been doing? You know, I've just been going a little, you know, in my own way, miniature nuts with decorating. I'm not really a big decorator, but um, I got myself a tiny tree, which I don't, I think I've shown on here before. But Show the tiny again. tree. Show the tiny tree. Just in tree. case. It's just a tiny little, it's a tiny little Christmas <laughs> tree. Um, it's actually a Norfolk pine, which isn't a pine at all. It's a... Um, it's type of fern from South America, actually, that likes tropical climates. It looks so, soft. Is it soft? It's very soft. Yeah. Oh, pretty. Um, and so now I'll have a new plant year round, but uh, I have to, I'm going to repot it and put some little lights on it for the holidays. Cute. Um, 
and, you know, getting people's presents. It's just like, it's so tiny and it's just on this tiny table and I'm like shoving presents that I've gotten for people <laughs> in bags under this tiny table with this tiny tree. Great. Um, and I've, you know, over the last several months, I've developed a candle problem. <laughs> You know what? That's a great problem to have. I exactly. Think. I am that like meme tweet about candle budgeting because <laughs> for some reason it's just become like my thing during the pandemic is that like I just I went from having zero candles to I literally have 15. I mean, great candles. I, I love them all. They just make you feel so much better when you light them in our long, cold, yes. snowy winters here in Minnesota. And like, they're so cute. I got them. There's two local companies in case you're looking for local candles, oh, everybody. Um, there's a place called Soda Cracklers, S-O-T-A, like Minnesota. And they have like a little wood wick. So it crackles it. while it burns. And like all the scents are so good. Love um, it. And then there's uh, a woman called Burn Boss, who you can follow on Instagram, who goes and finds old vintage containers. Um, and fills the vintage containers with candles and then sells them on her Instagram. Or this is, and this is what I did also, you can take containers that you have to her and then she'll fill them with candles. Awesome. Yes. That's such so, a good idea. You know, tiny decorating and a big candle problem. <laughs> <laughs> and playing in arena opens and doing some cube drafts. Exactly. Exactly. Equals pandemic time. Oh, so man. in conclusion, Draft powerful cards. Don't yes. worry about synergy. This take is busted cute. stuff. Take oh man, busted take on burial rites. Oh, absolutely take that on burial That card is rights. sick. Or take um, ways to exile people's graveyards. If you're somebody who's like, no, I want synergy. I want to do synergistic things. Don't worry. Tinkerer's Cube is coming up for you. Ooh. That's going to be here. Let's take a look at when that will arrive. January? Tinkerer's Cube is January 15th through the 28th. So exciting. That one is for you. If you want yeah. to do powerful busted things, this cube is for you. Yes. <laughs> tiny Look at hands. my tiny hand. <laughs> Before we go, everybody, a big thank you to our other sponsor, Ultra Pro. That's right. Ultra Pro, just one of the coolest places to look for magic gear because they have so much great art on playmats, on deck boxes, on sleeves. You can celebrate your favorite magic artists and artwork uh, through Ultra Pro. Yeah, if you liked any of the artwork you saw in the Secret Lair Secret Versary drops, don't worry, they've got it. If you want it yes. on a playmat, if you want it on whatever, the Ultra Pro's got everything. Yeah. Um, if you're like, those metal cards were super cool looking, I'm excited for Kaldheim with its like Norse metal theme, and I'm also excited for these cool metal poster cards. Guess what? Ultra Pro has them! That's right. Go out and, and get them. If you're like, do you know what? It's not enough to just have it on a card in my deck. Yeah, I want to look at it. I want to look at it day in, day out. Ultra Pro's got you the greatest art for all of your stuff. Also, an excellent holiday gift. Um, you can buy it through Ultra Pro or find their stuff over on carkino.com slash GLHF. Basically, you're covered, you know? Yeah, man. Tiny hands. <laughs> Tiny hands. I threw them up into the air, but you couldn't see. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> like confetti. Horrifying confetti. Terrifying confetti. Everybody, that's this episode of Good Luck High Five. It got a little weird, but we don't apologize for that on this show. No, absolutely not. It's the holidays, and you know, we're just trying to create and partake in any kind of holiday joy that we can. Absolutely. Uh, because you know what? It's it's a lot right now. 
it's a lot right now, but there's, you know, there's a light on the horizon um, with the vaccine coming to the U.S. First dose is administered today. Oh, man, um, I can't uh, I can't believe it, which is just it's wild. The wildest and best news. Um, Every so time excited. I read about it, I'm just like, this isn't real. And then also I want to cry. I mean, yeah, it does. It honestly doesn't feel real after so many months of just nothing but bad news to have some glimmer of hope is just it just feels foreign to us at this point. Yeah, it really does. It's wild. (sighs) But it is real. It is real. Mm -hmm. And we will be able to go back to tournaments and events and seeing all of our magical friends again. It will happen. And remember, in the meantime, stay safe. I know it's a real bummer, but like if you're if you've got to travel to see your family or if you haven't been quarantining, just stay home for these holidays so that you can celebrate lots of holidays in the future with all of your family. Think about this. A lot of you don't even want to go to those holiday celebrations, right? <laughs> you're not wrong. And do you know what? This year is the literal best excuse you will Check ever out. have to not travel for the holidays. Free excuse. Free excuse. It's great. It's the top excuse ever. Of all time. So <laughs> so use it while so you just still use can. It. Use it this year. <laughs> and you'll go back saying. to seeing all your family, whether you want to or not, <laughs> next year. Big thanks once again to Card Kingdom Ultra Pro and everybody who is a Patreon supporter over at patreon.com slash GLHF Magic. Become one for the end of the year as a gift to yourself and supporting creators you love and as a gift to us because it really truly is. We see everyone come in and we're so happy every time we get a notification that a new patron has arrived. So uh, give us a little present if you want to. It'll just take a couple of minutes. Um, next week, we're going to talk all about Kaldheim. We've got some predictions. That's right. Some about what's completely based in fact and reasonable expectation predictions, as they always are. As they always are. I've got some already started on a notepad here, Ooh. and I'm thinking, I've, I'm, I feel like I'm going to hit the nail on the head with this one, Megan. All right, Maria, I feel like you're gonna, you know, it's your time <laughs> to make a called shot. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, it's your time to make a called Heim. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> That's enough.